0: maybe this hasn't happened to you. It's happened to me. I'm at a church function and I look across the room and somebody walks in the room. And the first thing, and the first thing I do is an internal Olympic eye roll. I think, Oh, (laughs) "Oh, I hope he or she, or they, I hope they don't come over and sit at my table. Right. Well, and sometimes God's got a great, God's got a great sense of humor. So he sends them right to me. And here, here's the inventory. It's not, what is it about him, her, or they that drives me crazy. The inventory is what is it about me that he, she, or they drive me crazy?
1: Well, hello and welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network International, sharing with you another discussion about this, our daily task of growing in imitation of and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks again for being with us today here at the Coming Home Network. I'm joined again by my good friend and mentor and colleague, Brother Rex. Brother Rex, how are you doing today? Good, how are you, sir? Doing very well, doing well. Yeah, Glad to have another week, another conversation with you about our life in Christ, but also about this really cool topic that we've been digging into, the 12 Steps. So it's been a lot of fun so far, yeah. So. <laughs> and it's hard to do conversations over Zoom. <laughs> and also, I'm I'm I'll also I will say I'm a little tired because my, my, my son was up in the middle of the night last night a bunch of times, so I am I'm heavily caffeinated and, and excited to press on with this study. So we left so off. So I hope they don't cut that. I hope you don't cut that
0: out because that makes it funny. We're just human beings, right?
1: Yeah. So we left off, Brother Rex, we had talked about first three <laughs> steps, you know, and, and right. there's different ways we could sum those up, you know, but, uh, and, you know, some of the key themes being, you know, recognizing our, our real weakness, our real powerlessness as a, as, a, as a consequence of original sin, consequence of, of our human nature, um, our need for God, our need to be specific about our need for God, um, our need to be radically honest with self and with God um and this just sort of this key of surrender you know that really we really need to turn over the keys that's come the last step we did this this need to turn it over to god turn over the keys turn over the the wheel to the lord as a result of a, a a new insight into just how much we need the lord um you know christ says he came to he came for the sinners not for those who who uh were not in need of healing and of course it, he's just kind of waiting around for you to figure out that you're one of the sinners who's who he came for but you have to figure that out first and you have to accept it mm-hmm. and that uh, from that place of radical honesty you can uh, as you said you can build a, a new and better relationship with the Lord and so that's kind of where we've been today we're embarking on the next step the, the fourth step and why don't you tell us what that is and, and give us a an initial? Shot
0: at that. Right. So the fourth step is uh, that we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. There's a old uh, saying in in the twelve step programs that if you're having trouble with with a particular step, you go back to the one before it. Yeah. So if I'm having trouble making a, a, a getting started on a fearless and thorough moral inventory of myself, I can go back and take a look at have I really uh, turned my will and my life over to the care of God as I understand him, which is step three. Now, I think we talked the last time we were together that as believing Christians, as disciples of Jesus, we realize that, that our understanding of God is this radical, unconditional love, that there's nothing uh, that we can do that's going to make God uh, not love us. And so with that realization that God is incredibly overflowing uh, love for us, uh, then it's a little bit simpler, a little bit easier, I should say, to make a fearless and thorough moral inventory, right? Because I, because I'm not, I don't need to hide anything from God. I don't need to be worried that God's not going to love me if I, if I'm honest about this. God's not, you know, uh, there, I, we don't have that much power over God. And so to make a fearless and thorough moral inventory of ourselves, uh, is the next step in this process this ongoing process of uh, of uh, being a disciple of Jesus because there are things in our lives there certainly are things in my life that stand in the way of me uh, living and loving the way that i know our lord has asked us to and the reason i know that is because I've read it in the scriptures it's been proclaimed to me uh, through the teachings of the church uh, and i can so i can uh, take a a a good look at myself and say what what are these things that are standing in my way uh, of uh, living a healthy uh, life, uh, uh, radical uh, fullness, the fullness of life that Jesus came to gave me, give me. What is what's standing in my way, uh, and uh, that's that's just sort of the, the 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 beginning process that I can start looking And I can't I can't know what I don't know, so I'm going to come back to this step again and again. But this initial step, I'm going to take a real good look. And say, well, what is it uh, in my life that's standing in my way of living as a disciple of Jesus Christ? What's standing in my way of, of uh, living the life that I tell you I'm living?
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. So in this step, you know, that so a couple things come to mind. Number one, you know, from a Catholic perspective, here uh, we often talk about an examination of conscience as being this regular part of the life of the Christian. The daily examine or the maybe more thorough examination of conscience one might make before uh, going to the sacrament of, of reconciliation, the sacrament of confession. Um, but another thing that's interesting here too is that in some sense, like the first step was an inventory in the sense of what there was a, a recognizing a particular area or areas of, of particular powerlessness. Like in, in some sense, again, we were recognizing more of a general condition that we need to come to grips with of our our weakness, our need for healing. We started with a particular roadblock, a particular addiction, a particular sin, a particular wound. And then it was in it was almost like there's an interesting, like happy fault in this, and that we in the light of that particular weakness, almost that grace that God gave us of of recognizing our weakness toward that thing, we were able to in a new way turn our life over to Christ to be open to his healing. And, and it's now in light of that, it's in light of that new honesty that now it's like, well, let's, let's keep on going. Like, let's, let's, let's look at all aspects of our life. What are all the ways that, um, that, we, that we've fallen short? And perhaps, again, in light of that, of that new honesty, that new light that we've allowed to shine into our life, there's probably all kinds of other things that now begin to come to the surface. You know, we're more, we've allowed ourselves a holy discontentment with the way things mm-hmm. have gone in our lives, with, with the mismanagement that we've made of our lives because we've been relying on ourselves. And so in light of this, this desire to turn our life over to Christ in a new, more radical way, when we turn to now make a moral inventory, perhaps there's just stuff there that we're seeing for the first time or seeing differently. Um, it might be the best examination of conscience we've made in a long mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm.
0: in the catholic church in the catholic tradition rather i think don't we have something called a a life uh, a life inventory a priest mentioned it to me once and i i wasn't paying as much attention as i could have and it seemed to me that he he's talked about doing a doing a confession that it actually sounded very much like a fourth and a fifth step mm-hmm. or we're we just looking back over our lives Uh, I can't remember what the name—do you know what the name of that is? I don't
1: know if there's a— A life review, a life review. Yeah, I know that I've heard people talk about that. Like sometimes, again, members of the Coming Home Network who are returning to the Catholic faith after being away or some of those who are becoming Catholic for the first time as adults and making their first confession, that certainly that that first confession necessitates a different kind of an examination of conscience from what Mm -hmm. we might do if we're going every week and so that probably something more like what you are describing there, brother, which is let's let's really yes. dig deep. Let's throw throw the yes. doors wide, throw the windows open, and really you know look at all the areas that we can bring to Christ yes. in that sacrament of healing. Yes,
0: yes. And in the fourth step, I mean, piggybacking on what you said about the first step, uh, let's just say it's alcohol or some other chemical addiction. Yeah. There are there are ways of of relating to the world based on that addict that addiction. That were not particularly uh, good for me or for other human beings. Um, and so looking at step four, doing my moral inventory gives me an opportunity to say, and because this area of my life was unmanageable, this is the way I had, I learned to deal with life, um, based on that, mm. because of that. Uh, and I get to the very nature of uh, what was driving Uh, that, that behavior. And so, um, it can take, it can take quite a while, but the, the important thing is that we begin to do it. That we begin to do it. That we take that searching, uh, in the light of Christ, in the light of prayer, that searching and thorough, uh, moral inventory, um, and, uh, and write it all down. There are actually people who are interested, who are listening, can actually go online Mm. and look for, uh, there are workbooks for each of the steps actually. Uh, there, there's a way that one can choose to do that, or, or you can simply sit down in, in prayer, maybe before the blessed sacrament mm-hmm. and say, these are the things that I, that I've done in my life, the way that I've done business with the world that has not been conducive uh, to my life uh, as a disciple of Jesus. Yeah. And that can be kind of harrowing sometimes because things can come up. If we ask the Lord to show us, you know, yeah. uh, the Lord will show us.
1: In a lot of the materials that I, I reviewed in, in this, this studying this research that I've been doing on on this stuff, uh, at, at this point in the steps, as part of this moral inventory, so so certainly a component of it is you know what are my sins and shortcomings, but it also a lot of the places emphasized that c- kind of dig a little deeper beneath those and what are I, what often came up fears and resentments, you know what, talk mm-hmm. about that for a moment. Where do that what does that play in this sort of inventory of one's Life up to this point.
0: Well, we I, I can only I can only speak in general sure. terms, or perhaps specifically for in my own life, right? Um, so those resentments are, you know, it's revisiting an, an, a hurt, mm. or revisiting a, an uncomfortable situation, or or revisiting a fear and saying, oh, the fear of X, Y, or Z uh, was driving my behavior, a resentment toward the way A, B, or C uh, uh, acted toward me. Mm. Uh, uh, led to my uh, choice to to re- respond in a particular way, and this is not about uh, your problem; it's about my problem. I was thinking about this today. You know, you know there are people. Um, maybe this hasn't happened to you. It's happened to me. I'm at a church function, and I look across the room, and somebody walks in the room, and the first thing, and the first thing I do is an internal Olympic eye roll, and <laughs> think, oh. Uh, <laughs> I hope he or she or they, I hope they don't come over and sit at my table, yeah. right? Well, and sometimes God's got a God's got a great sense of humor, so he sends them right to me. And here, here's the inventory. It's not what is it about him, her or they that drives me crazy. The inventory is what is it about me that he, she or they drive me crazy. Mm-hmm. What is it about me that I have a resentment toward you? What is it about me that when you acted or didn't act in this way, I I was I was frightened to death of of not maybe not my physical well-being, but my spiritual or my emotional well-being. And so I reacted in a certain way. And that's where fear and resentment come into my life. It's being able to to name them for what they are. I'm affra- I'm afraid I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know i want to be in control all the time or 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 i i, I don't like to i don't like whatever um and so things inside me get triggered and uh then i behave in a manner unbecoming a, a disciple of jesus so the the moral inventory is an opportunity for me to take a good look at that and simply name it for what it is i'm afraid yeah. right i'm afraid or i'm really angry with that person or i it's uh Just can't let it go. Yeah. Right. Now, and I have been very, I have been guilty of that on numerous occasions. And, uh, and I've made nobody, I've made nobody, uh, uh, any sicker than I've made myself for holding on to a a resentment against him or her because he or she did this or that or didn't do this or that. Uh, and then at some point, I just got to let it go and give it to the Lord and say, oh my goodness, Mm -hmm. you know, it's taking that inventory. But it's fun to be angry. It's just, you know, just hang on. It's energy. I just love the
1: energy, right, or whatever.
0: Um, I don't know that that answers the question. I no, just sort of good got on stuff. the whole. I mean, so
1: I, you, I've been thinking a lot about fear as part of this whole study, this whole process, and it's so. On the one hand, we don't tend to think to confess in, in the confessional something like fear that that is often underneath a lot of our maybe more surface level sins. Mm-hmm. But on, I mean, in one sense, I mean, if we're, if we're if we're Saint Peter and we're walking across the water toward Jesus and we take our eyes off Jesus in fear i mean there's we don't tend to think of that as a sin but it's a sin in a certain respect that we know we ought to trust god and that a a, a holy fear of god should cast out all the other fears but we keep taking our eyes off of jesus but it it almost resembles a little bit of the more obvious addictions we might think of it's like i know this is wrong and i know it's insane to to fear because i know jesus i know him i've met him i i have a relationship i've been blessed to come to know the Lord, and yet listen with Saint Peter I still take my eyes off him and so it, it's a, it's almost this it's a great example of a kind of a human flaw where we really if we're really honest with ourselves it's like Lord I need healed from this because I, it's it's wrong and I do it but I can't stop doing it and I know it's insane I really need to be healed of this and so mm-hmm. I do like that this this all kind of breaks open this scope with which we might examine what can we what can we and should we actually be bringing to the Lord to mm-hmm. ask for healing from? Because many of these fears, we often leave them under the surface, uh, and we, we hopefully we're not acting out of them in really obvious ways. But maybe we're not actually bringing out the fears themselves and saying, "Lord, this this too needs healing."
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it's a good point. Um, I, I remember w- working with a man who was um, very addicted to pornography, mm-hmm. and as I got to know the man, and he, you know, I was able to to um, uh, gain his confidence. What he said was, you know, sometimes I, I look, I look at this, I do this sort of thing. I, I'm not, I'm not even operating out of, out of lust. I'm operating out of, out of loneliness. And so I said, well, tell me about the loneliness. And his words were, I'm afraid to be alone you see and so the 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 sin of the the uh uh, uh the looking at the pornography was actually rooted in a fear mm. a fear of being alone and so we were able to talk about that and we talk about the fear right what's driving the behavior it wasn't lust mm-hmm. it was just an easy go to to deal with the loneliness and the fear of being alone So I think that's what you're talking about. Now, I'm not saying that the man didn't need to go on then and because a sin is a sin. Yeah, yeah. But what we needed to do, what he needed to do was address what was driving the behavior. Mm -hmm. And once he was able to do that, please God, he was able to get a handle on that and begin that recovery process. Because if he's afraid, it's not going to go away overnight. Yeah. Right. So he may find himself because the body knows, the brain knows, hey, when I f- feel fear mm-hmm. and I do this, I'm at least, I'm not afraid anymore. Or at yeah. least I forget about how afraid I am or how lonely I feel. Right. And so uh, being able to address that uh, then at the root, right, that, that moral inventory, take a real good look at it. Uh, helps me address the addictive behavior. Mm-hmm. It helps me address what's... Because once I deal with what's going on underneath, then I have better chance of
1: recovery. Yeah. Yeah, again, there's there's a real mystery. There's a lot of mysteries here that I'm still trying to f- uh, figure out how best to put in the words. But, but one of them precisely is this... We draw perhaps too distinctive a line between what we might consider like wounds and then sins. Like they're really connected. Somehow, you know, again, we... We, we think of certain sins in our life as they're very obvious and we, we get them, and we understand them, they're very external. Um, and we, then we tend to not like see something like our, like our fears as being connected, but they really are connected. Like, and so it, it doesn't diminish our moral responsibility for them, but it does caution us to respond to our sin by trying to double down on self-reliance. I just need to power through this. I just need to pull myself up by my bootstraps. No, like, yeah, we, <laughs> I am powerless against my sin. I'm insane. But the response should be, you know, a <laughs> greater reliance on God's mercy. You know, and again, this is, if you if you read the, the saints, you read John of the Cross, Teresa of Avila, you read the Abandonment to Divine Providence, you read any of these great spiritual works, you can see that this is just, this is what they've been saying for 2,000 years. You know that this really comes down to you leaning into God's grace, leaning into dependence on Him, taking you know surrendering the wheel, surrendering the keys to God. More, yes. you won't find spiritual writers who are saying, you know, pick yourself up by your bootstraps. You got what it <laughs> takes, man. You know, like <laughs> uh. this. This is not. This is not new. It's just a, maybe a different way of approaching this gospel truth that's been there all along, right. but has been packaged right. in this way that I think is is really. Really palatable and really yes. practical and helpful. Yeah.
0: Yes, and one of the one of the interesting things about you talking about spiritual writers yeah. um, is that some people think, well, if I just work the work the twelve steps, that's the phraseology, right? If I yeah. work the twelve steps, steps one through twelve, I'll never have to deal with any of this again. That's not true, and one of the reasons that one of the ways to to uh, um, an example of why that's not true is that. Again and again and again, when we, when we read the writings of the people whom we call saints, yeah. those who have been canonized by the church. Today's, as we're taping, this is the, the feast of Saint Francis, right? So, uh, thinking of him as an example, Saint Francis would tell you to his dying breath, I am a weak, I am a sinner, I am the worst of sinners, mm-hmm. right? Now, why is that? Was that just a false piety? I don't think so. I think what that was was that the more and more his spiritual lens was cleansed, the more and more he was able to see the depth of his own uh, wounds and out of those, the sins that bubble up out of that. He wasn't. And so it's not a false piety for a saint to say, but I am the worst of all sinners they know themselves well enough and uh, to say, and it's not a false uh, humility. They're just saying, I've, I've seen what I am capable of, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was going to self disclose something, but it's probably better not to do that. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask a practical point here about this step is that so it seems like, again, what's being uh, suggested here is to, to make this review, but actually to write it down. And again, maybe as an aid to mm. the specificity to, to kind of keep away from slipping back into kind of vague generalizations about, you know, what's the importance here yes. of actually walking through your life and writing it down? Any, any thoughts on that yes. point?
0: I was at a retreat once where the where the retreat master said, uh, the way uh, the way to a man's, uh, I think it said the way to a man's. The way to recovery is through the fingertips. (laughs) It was a, it was a 12 step retreat. So it was a retreat based on the 12 steps. And there was something that happens between, um, between the brain and writing it down that makes it really real, (laughs) really concrete. I can look at it and say, Oh, I, I didn't, I don't write the money got stolen. I just wrote, I stole the money. That's specificity, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't write down, the car was wrecked. I write down, I smashed up the car while I was drinking. And I think there's a specificity of being able to put it on paper and seeing it that makes it take on a whole new level of reality. Many men and women uh, who have, who are working the 12 steps for the first time, let's say, yeah. they have, they have, sometimes they have years worth of maladaptive coping mechanisms, yeah. years of character, living out of character defects, years of sin uh, that they've never fully uh, admitted or recognized. And so in the process of writing that down, you, you realize, oh my goodness, it, it is as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. It's worse. <laughs> Uh, it's worse than I thought it was, you know, and I think so there's a so when we think about that, writing it down that that fourth step uh, for the especially for the very first time, uh, we realize that there's just so much that uh, uh, we can forget uh, because the fourth step, of course, is followed by the fifth step when we tell somebody about this. And sometimes uh, I don't know about you, but even now I try to go to confession every week. Uh, and even now there are some when I go into the confessional and I'm a little bit because of my own woundedness, I'm a little bit uh, nervous yeah. it's just the way it is uh, And so if I've scribbled something down on a piece of paper I'm less apt to forget it hmm. right It makes it real concrete. Um, so I think that's I don't know if you've given that any thought but what what were your thoughts on that about writing it down? Can you see any benefit to doing that or
1: well it certainly what, not. what the guy, Pointed out to you, I certainly experienced that. There's a lot of things that I can, that I have kind of rattling around in my head, and they they seem very very clear until I actually try to put them into words on paper. Or sometimes when I try to put them into words in another person, I tend to be a little bit more yes. agile with my words. But that's because you can constantly fix it as you're as doing. But trying yes. to put it down precisely in words on paper, that really causes you to think about it in a different, maybe it engages a different part of your brain than otherwise you've yes. been using. Uh, and I could see yeah. how you know, it would translate what what the process so far into a very, uh, yeah, a very valuable sort of exercise.
0: And I don't know about you, but I have written emails to people about things that I'm, that I feel passionately about. And as I'm typing, I'm, the juices are just flowing and I'm just, I'm, and synapses are popping. And I'm coming up with these beautiful phrases that I'm thinking, I didn't realize that that was inside of me. I didn't know that I had that in me. Well, that was the Holy Spirit, right? Uh, and, and, and so in the process of writing it out, something happens, grace, that I'm able to, to put it out there in such a way that if I were just to keep it bouncing around in my head, as I would say to some people, it's bouncing around in your head like a BB in a shot glass. You know, let's get it out there, write it down. Let's take a look at it. Let's make it really real. Uh, and then, uh, uh, we can move on to that next step when we've done our fearless and thorough moral inventory. Yeah, um, I would also say that one of the one of the twelve step programs, I, th- I it might be in the literature from Alcoholics Anonymous, they talk about uh, looking at one's character defects and nestling them. That's my word. Not there's nestling them under one uh, of the seven deadly sins, hmm. right? Categories of the seven deadly sins, uh, you know, uh, pride, greed, lust, anger, gluttony, envy, sloth. That, that our character defects can very easily be be uh, categorized under some of those, some of those, uh, or uh, any any one or more mm-hmm. of those deadly sins. Uh, and that that gives it some like, helps us organize. If you like to be organized about what you're writing down, that can help us yeah. uh, organize. If we're you know Christians, or <laughs> even if we're not a Christian, if we have this sim- this moral compass and uh, we realize that uh, the seven deadly sins pretty much cover the human condition, uh, then we can we can work with those.
1: So a couple more practical points here, brother. I was thinking about you know if we. Imagine ourselves doing this process, and I'm trying to imagine myself doing it now, and I plan to. Um, How long do you take to make an inventory? I mean, it would seem like you know, there's a there's a range of prudence here. You could be sort of too perfectionistic and and want to continue going deeper and deeper in this moral inventory. But um, I guess so. I guess two questions: Give us an image of what that actually looks like for people who do it, but then also. I guess a more general question like the 12 steps are not something that you I guess do you need to have some sort of anxiety about like I need to get this right the first time because once I do it man I've I've shot I've I've uh, I've taken my chance and I already done the 12 steps and so I messed it up I didn't do it thorough enough moral inventory one I would presume would need to go through it with that kind of trepidation right right right,
0: right, <clears throat> because you're going to do it uh, multiple times if you plan to stay sober and and live a life based on the twelve step principles right I say stay sober in the in the in the in the in the yeah I don't mean just from alcohol I just mean living a good healthy life um t- that's a good question i would i guess i would hmm. I would say it takes as long as it takes. So in other words, um, I mean, if you have, presumably you're walking the these steps with another human being, right? Either mm-hmm. a mentor or a, a sponsor if you're actually in a 12-step program. And in conversation with him, uh, if you're a male or her if you're a female, um, in conversation with that individual, you're going to just continue to talk about uh What's holding you up? Maybe there's something that you're not clear about. There's there's a a besetting uh, Character defect or sin that's really bothering you and you have that conversation um, And it's really up to you uh, When you're ready to take that next step now your sponsor or your mentor Your spiritual director may say to you wow you've been working on that for six and a half years It's probably time that we just go ahead and put a stop on it and we'll go to the next step, right? Um, yeah, yeah. but there, uh, so I really think, I mean, that's, you know, it takes as long as it takes. Um, yeah. but again, you're not doing it, you're doing it by yourself, but you're not doing it alone. You're doing it in community with, with at least one other person. Uh, and right. those other people can also give you feedback. You know, uh, yeah. I actually don't know how long the very first time I, I can remember doing the fifth step and I can remember doing the fourth step, but I don't remember how long that fourth step took. Right. Uh, so um, that's that's not a very good answer, but that's the best I can do right now.
1: No, I, I think it's perfectly good. I mean, I don't think there can be a—that's part of the point here, I think, probably, is there's, there's not a hard, fast rule, it's, but it's keeping in mind the last few steps, right? We already admitted we were powerless. We already, you know, recognized our need for God's power. We already turned over the keys to God. And so we're doing this process. We're trying to remain attentive to the Holy Spirit and at peace you know not to slip back into anxiety or fear no 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 the holy spirit's got this i'm going to i'm going to make the inventory and i'm going to be attentive to you know when the holy spirit when it seems like this is done this is mm-hmm. good enough for mm-hmm. now and then i'm going to mm-hmm. press on and i'm yes. not going to have anxiety about it i'm just going to kind of walk with the lord there and again yes. you know like thinking of like going to confession as a catholic i mean yeah you got to make an examination of conscience but at some point too you just got to go in the confessional yes. so it's it's discerning that and being at peace about it Yes. I guess the, the last place you know, I'd really like you to, to comment on, brother, is just thinking we probably should do this with all these steps. Is that, you know, what certainly wherever an individual is, um, there th- th- today is the best place, the best time to start in really taking the gospel seriously and, and, and using this kind of approach if it's helpful to do so, um, whether or not they're Christian, whether or not they're Catholic. You know, in our context, we're working with people who are thinking about becoming Catholic. What would we say uh, about perhaps the difference that Catholicism might make? What, in terms of this process, you know, for instance, what, where does confession fit fit in this uh, this special grace of the sacrament of confession? How might we mm. see that in the terms of the twelve steps mm. here? Well, I think that's a
0: great question. It, it actually would be a question better addressed on the fifth step, which is when we make okay. uh, we, we make our moral turn. But I would say this that you know even uh, all the. Psychology knows, I mean, it's always, it always amazes me that psychology catches up with the church, right? Yeah. We know that confession is good for the soul. In fact, psychologists or psychiatrists, uh, if they're honest with you, will tell you, uh, sometimes they hear people talk and they're thinking, you know what? You, you don't, you don't need me. You need to go talk to your minister. You need to go talk to your priest because what you're trying to do, what you're doing is confession here. Uh, and so there is a power in, um, just two individuals sharing, you know, the heart to heart, and then of course there's the grace that comes with the uh, with the confession, a sacramental confession, uh, which as Catholics we understand that, we appreciate it, we come to understand it even more and more as as we avail ourselves of that beautiful sacrament uh, of uh, I think Pope Francis recently called it the sacrament of rejoicing, I think something like it. it was quite that, something, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so uh, there just there simply is because at the end of step four, if all I've done is write it down, it's like, well, n- now what? Mm-hmm. Right now, now, now what? I mean, it's just sort of incomplete. I've written it down, I, but sure. I need to. I need to let somebody know.
1: So, yeah.
0: But in terms of the in terms of the Catholicism, I think one of the things I may have mentioned this on one of the earlier shows is that the beautiful thing about if a if a individual knows the twelve steps. Uh, and they go to mass, they hear the 12 steps in, in so many, we in liturgical language. They hear the 12 steps, uh, in, in the liturgy. And then it's like, Oh, this actually, this actually all begins to, to come together. This is a, this is a, a beautiful, uh, is the word synchron? I don't know if that's the right word, but a beautiful combining of, yeah. of uh, my Catholic faith. And what I have found, what the Lord has given me as a life-giving way of living, uh, by the twelve, the principles of the twelve steps, they're life-giving, right? And so uh, they they're from God, and they're a beautiful gift. And I think they they make for me my introduction to the twelve steps, uh, enhanced my appreciation for, uh, and my ability to live out my Christian. Catholic faith in a way that I would not have probably otherwise been able to do.
1: What what I wanted to say uh, with regards to Catholicism and the sacraments uh, on this point was that so on the one hand the reason that we're here the coming home network is because we do believe that the, that in the church the the Lord has given us these great gifts of of the church her authority her guidance by the Holy Spirit and these great gifts of the sacraments these very these visible means by which God uh, imparts grace in a unique way that we can't we can't get elsewhere. I mean, he's given us a particular gift. So that's why we're here is to proclaim that. Now, on the other hand, uh, a person who's, who's approaching the church, who's reading his or her way in, might justly ask, and we ourselves ask, now wait a minute, I see all kinds of Catholics receiving these sacraments all the time, and I'm not seeing changed lives. I'm not seeing saints. I'm seeing people people who just look like everybody else. And again, that's just true. That is the way it is. And so again, what we would recognize here, and this again, this is in the, the church's sacramental theology, is that the sacraments are efficacious. They they do impart grace. God does something in baptism. He does something in the Eucharist, in, the, in, the, in his presence in the Eucharist. He does something in confession. But that's part of the equation. The other part of the equation is that you have to actually be open to and want what he wants to give you. Uh, and so God shows up in the sacraments. That's what we have, this great gift. We know God will show up. If we walk into a Catholic parish and the tabernacle is there and the and the candle's lit, that means that Christ has shown up in this unique way that we can't get anywhere else. So God shows up in the sacraments. The question is whether we show up. Mm. And it seems to me that even for the the for Catholics or people who are getting ready to become Catholic or new Catholics out there, that this would be the addition that the 12 Steps really make, is helping us prepare ourselves to perhaps in a new profound way that we've never had before, to be open and availed to the graces that God wants to give us Mm -hmm. through his sacraments. Maybe we've never really been ready to receive the Eucharist. We've never really been ready to make... A deep examination of conscience, and to bring all of our mess to the Lord in confession. But perhaps now, in this new way, we've got a way to to approach the sacraments, really ready to l- let God rock our world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yes, and there's an ana- I think it's an analogous way of thinking of the 12-step programs in the sense that a man or a woman can go to can go to a 12-step meeting, uh, beginning today and go for the rest of his or her life, but and they may stop. Uh, they may stop whatever addictive behavior they they they've been doing, they've got, hmm. uh, but but nothing else in their life changes. Nothing else in their life changes. Uh, if I'm a if I'm a drunken horse thief and all I do is stop drunk drinking, I'm still a horse thief. I'm just a sober <laughs> horse thief. So there's something else I have to do if I want to live a good, healthy, quality life, uh, and that is uh, work the steps. And so it's the same way with uh, with Christianity and Catholicism that if I'm going to if I'm going to um, live a good healthy life as a disciple of Jesus Christ, I need to avail myself of the the, the um, tools that our Lord has given us through uh, the sacraments, right? Those meeting places between uh, 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 Jesus and myself, uh, and if I don't do that. Right? if I just go and I'm just going because it's an obligation and I have to go and uh, you know there's not a whole lot that changes on again on the outside right And what I hope for for my own life and what I hope to see in the lives of Catholics is that uh, we do avail ourselves of the of the sacraments and realize what a gift we've been given uh, in in the church, uh, what a gift Christ has given us to enjoy the fullness of life uh And one of the ways, I think that's a great way of putting it, John Mark, is that one of the ways we can do that is incorporating then these 12-step principles, uh, these 12-step manner of living into our Catholic life, uh, that will help us uh, live out uh, the life that Christ has called us to in its fullness and experience the graces that come from the sacraments uh, in doing that.
1: Oh, awesome Brother. Brother the Rex, we've uh, we've begun to creep ahead into the other, the other steps, which is always going to happen because you know they're 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 very inter- interconnected here. But um, we're going to pause and come back next week to dig more into that next one, which where we've taken this moral inventory and we're going to we're going to go the next step with it. And so, uh, in the meantime, again, thank you all for listening. Who have been listening? Hopefully, this conversation has been edifying to you. Hopefully, you're you know uh, finding insights, finding ways to to bring uh, some of the insights into the gospel that the 12 steps bring into your own prayer life, your own walk with Jesus. Uh, keep praying for us. We're we'll praying for you. Uh, and remember that this is a production of the Coming Home Network International. We're a network of people who have come to embrace the Catholic Church, this great gift that God has given us. Uh, and if uh, if that's you, if you're someone who's thinking about becoming Catholic, or you have become Catholic, or maybe you're just asking questions, hey, this is your network. So check it out at www.chnetwork.org, and be sure to not only avail yourself of the great resources there, but join our community uh, where you can walk along this this uh, these questions, this process with other men and women, other followers of Jesus like yourself. So once again, thanks for listening. God bless you. We'll talk talk to you again next week.